begin with a we'll begin with a word of prayer and then uh, we'll go into our study. Oh Lord, you're good. We thank you for this day. We thank you for each new day we have to live in your presence and to live in the glory of our Messiah, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord, for this opportunity to look into your holy word. These words of your holy prophet, uh, Paul, this one who spoke for you and one who gave these words to people of Philippi, Lord, help us to become more and more and more in the Messiah today as we look into these words and as we apply what Paul spoke to the people of Philippi to our lives today, that we can build ourselves up as Messianic Jews, those following you from the people of Israel and those from the nations who have been drawn near to you like the people of Philippi. Help us to become more like you each day. We thank you for this day. We thank you for Yeshua, who is our Messiah, who is our life, and in whose holy name we pray. Amen. So we will be looking today at Philippians 1, verses 2 through 11, and we'll start with verse 2, and uh, we will now move the... Uh, be sure that the okay we'll go to the verse chapter one verse two which reads grace to you and shalom from god our father and the lord yeshua the messiah so paul's continuing here in his his beginning of his letter to the people of Philippi. This now, we looked yesterday at, at, at actually on Friday, we looked at verse one where Paul was addressing the letter to the people of Philippi, saying that it was sent to them by Paul and Timothy and, and their greetings to the Messianic community in Philippi. And also, as we talked about, pointing out that he gave a special introduction to his letter to the leadership in Philippi, those those uh, congregational leaders and deacons, the 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 zakin, zakin and the uh, shamashim, those both the elders and the deacons of the Messianic community in Philippi. Now he continues his greetings here, with starting off with the words "Grace to you and shalom," from God our Father and Lord Yeshua the Messiah. Grace to you and shalom. The standard greeting for Greek letters, for letters written, not, not the Greek alphabet, but the letters written in Greek, would have used the, the word chirene, which means greetings. In his letter, Paul changes the word to charis, which means grace. When Paul almost opens with grace over mere greetings, he merely presents a core teaching of the Messianic faith. Paul calls also as Irene, the Greek word used for the Hebrew shalom, meaning peace, in the Septuagint. So rather than starting with just the regular greeting to a letter, just which would just be the word just greetings, you know, Paul Paul, Paul sends you greetings. He he actually changes changes the common opening of a letter to use the words grace and, and peace. Which which would include, which includes the, the word the word irony, which is which was was the 
the trans the Greek translation word for shalom, the Hebrew word shalom, which means more than just peace, but complete wholeness. So Paul in opening this letter is giving them not just saying, Hi, this is Paul, but I want to share with you the, the grace and peace that can only come to you from God the Father and Yeshua the Messiah. And this is more than just just a, a mere casual con casual communication, but Paul is actually sharing with them that he's giving them the words of God and the words of, of the of peace that can only come from the God of Israel. It can only come from their knowledge of the Messiah of Israel. Paul draws in the deep meaning, meaning of shalom in the Tanakh, pointing to spiritual completeness or wholeness. By using these two greetings together, grace and peace, Paul could be sending the Philippians both a common Greek and a common Jewish greeting to begin his letter to this community of Gentile and Jewish Yeshua followers. Next, we see, see in, in this verse, from God our Father and the Lord Yeshua the Messiah. Paul completes the greeting, making clear to the Philippians that grace and shalom come from God the Father and the Lord Yeshua. Lo and Nita, in their, in their explanatory commentary, which would be used by Bible translators, if, if you haven't seen this word, it's an amazing it's an amazing set of volumes that the, that that uh, Ijin Lo and Eugene Nita put together. These these it's basically a, it's basically word studies and commentaries for Bible translators. So this is this is something that they that they put together for those who are translating the scriptures from the Hebrew and Greek into into the languages of of the nations of the world. And in their in their commentary on this, they wrote. On this verse, they wrote in explaining how people who, who would understand this in translation wrote, the ultimate source of grace and peace is obviously God, whom Jesus revealed as Abba Father. But to the extent that such blessing is made possible only through Jesus, who is confessed as Messiah, Christ the anointed King, and exalted as Lord by his resurrection, he too is to be acclaimed. As the giver of grace and peace. Some commentators are cautioned about making too much of the possible Christological implications of this phrase, Christological being of, of an understanding of Yeshua as being one with the one God of Israel, that Yeshua was the divine Messiah. There are those who caution taking this verse to build up that, which is which is truly a part of of the the scriptural tradition, part of of what is is an essential part of, of messianic faith to understand that Yeshua is one with the one God of Israel. But there are those who say that this verse may not be the one one to use. We'll see clearly more in in Philippians chapter two, and uh, most certainly in uh, John chapter chapter one. The Gospel of John, where it actually speaks about Yeshua being at the creation of the world. In light of other other writings, including the early Messianic hymn in Philippians two six through eleven, which we'll look at at, at uh, next week, Paul acknowledges the divine nature of Yeshua and his eternal unity with God the Father, and elsewhere with the Spirit of God, 
to form the triune God. Paul said no problem in greeting the Philippians with a word that united Yeshua with the one God of Israel. Here, designated as the Father, it is the divine Son working in the world with the Father to fulfill the divine plan and bring grace and peace that Paul has in mind here, commending this knowledge to the Philippians. So in these opening words of greeting, Paul is, is, is sharing them. He's sharing with them grace and shalom, full, full wholeness with, with, with in, in connection with the God of Israel, wholeness in, in life, wholeness in that connection with the God of Israel. These, as I said, mostly Gentiles, that come to Yeshua faith, they come righteous Gentiles, that Paul here is in opening this greeting is reminding them that they're whole, they, they have complete wholeness by their faith in Yeshua, that they are incorporated into the people of God and they are, they are now in that relationship because of their faith trust. And their faith trust includes the grace and peace that comes from the Father and from Yeshua the Messiah. And we'll see in other other as, as as we'll see later that also we see that the Ruach Kodesh, the Spirit of God, the is one with the God of Israel, and that that too is part of of what Paul's speaking here, because as as he says later later in his writings that we can only acknowledge Yeshua as Messiah through the Spirit of God. So we have here that if one is to recognize Yeshua as Messiah, acknowledge the Messiah. It is by the Ruach HaKodesh, the very Spirit of God. Beyond making an important theological point about the lordship and divine nature of Yeshua, which we can see from this passage, where Yeshua and the, the one God of Israel are united in, in this opening word of greeting and shalom and peace and grace. Paul begins his letter with a significant and dangerous political declaration that Yeshua is Lord, which is in contrast to the expected acknowledgement of Caesar as Lord. So along with the theological point of, of the Lordship and divine nature of Yeshua that Paul is commending the people of Philippi, he's also, also as I said, we'll see throughout the book, that this acknowledgement of Yeshua as Lord is also a denial of the Lordship of, of, of Caesar Nero, that this is also a political statement that they're making. So Paul is making them understand that they are in connection to the God of Israel through the grace, through the Messiah of Israel. And they have that connection to the God of Israel. And it is a theological understanding and that they hold to, but they also understand in their world, they were also making, making a political statement that they, Yeshua is Lord and Nero is not Lord. And back to our our reading here to now we'll be looking at the section that I call thankfulness and prayer with the Philippians, which goes from verse three through 11. So we'll look at verse three right now, go back to my, my slide here. And in verse three, you read, I thank my God every time I think of you. I'll read that again. This is a great verse. I thank my God every time I think of you. His letters to Galatia and Corinth, Paul wrote using harsh terms to correct false teachings and sinful activities that plague these Messianic communities. 
But here in, in Philippians, in Philippi, Paul can warmly share his loving concern for the Philippians and make them aware of how thankful he is to God for them, and their love for him, and their work for the Messiah. It is common in Paul's letters that he starts off with words of, of calling, calling the communities to, to, to challenge false teachings in the communities. We say in Galatia, we had the issue of those who were what are commonly called Judaizers, those who were compelling the Gentiles who would come to Yeshua faith. But they also needed to be circumcised and become Torah observant to be fully a part of the people of God, or at even to be super believers by being, being in connection to, to the God of Israel, as were a deemed Gentile who also converts to Judaism. And in Corinth, we have issues of, of sexual infidelity, even among those in leadership in the community. And Paul starts out going after these issues. But in the letter to Philippi, we see that, that Paul has a deep love for them and, and they have a deep connection to him. That and there's no there's no no major issue. He's he's got it hit right from the, the start of the letter, but he is sharing his deep love for them and, and that every time he thinks of the Philippian community, this community which was his first community that he reached out to and brought the message of the Messiah to on the European continent. Now Paul here was was letting them know how deeply he loved them, that whenever he thought about them, he would thank God for them. Every time they, they came to his mind, he accepted it with joy and love and wanted to share with them his deep love for them. As we'll see later in the letter, Paul has derived much joy from the Philippians and is thankful to God for their work for him in spreading the good news. Paul also has good memories of how the Messianic community in Philippi showed him love and care and he focuses on these memories whenever he thinks of them. So Paul, Paul, with this community in Philippi, whenever he thinks about them, he thanks God for them, that he, that, that he has such a deep connection and love for them, which is a shared between both him and, and the people of Philippi, that whenever he thinks about this community that he, that he established, as we see in Acts 16, he is filled with joy and he thanks God for it. In verse 4, we see, Whenever I pray for all of you, I always pray with joy. Paul here uses the Greek word deesis, usually translated as supplication, to demonstrate, to his, to demonstrate his serious prayer for the Philippians. As apostle of the Gentiles, Paul is sharing how deeply he loves and seeks the best for, for God for them. Paul used the same Greek word diasesis in Romans 10.1, speaking about his heart for the Jewish people. And this is one of the most powerful verses that has guided me in my, in my life of service now, over 32 years in the Messianic community. These words from Romans 10.1, Brothers, my heart's deepest desire and my prayer to God for Israel is for their salvation. So Paul here is, is sharing, using this word, Greek word deus, that his deep desire, his prayer to God for Israel is for the salvation, for the salvation 
of his people, of the Jewish people, for them to know Messiah. And he shares this, this deep, deep prayer and love for the people of Philippi that he, as he says, that he prays for you, I always pray with joy. That in his prayers for, for the people of Philippi, he deeply longs for them to become more and more and more in the Messiah and become more of a witness of Messiah in Philippi. And he also, also as I said, he uses the same Greek word in Romans 10, 1, speaking about his deep desire, his desire for the salvation of, of the Jewish people, for his own people, to acknowledge Yeshua the Messiah. And we see that his deep love was so intense that in Romans 9, he actually speaks about that he knows it's not a possibility because of his connection to the Messiah. And, and, but he says that he would be willing, if it were possible, to give up his salvation for him to, to go into eternal separation from God if it would bring all Israel, all the people, all the, all the other Jewish people in the world to the Messiah. But Paul was so committed to the salvation of the people of Israel, them knowing the Messiah of Israel, that he said, if possible, I would give up my eternal connection to the Messiah if for that all Israel would be saved, all Israel would come to know the Messiah. So this is, this is, this is not a passing, passing desire. For this is something so deep that he is actually willing, if possible, to forego his salvation, to enter into eternal punishment if, for that sake, the people of Israel, his brothers and sisters among the people of Israel, would come to know the Messiah and enter into eternal life. He'd be willing to sacrifice his eternal life with God were in exchange for the salvation of all Israel. And using all of you in this prayer for the Philippians, Paul shows the importance of all the Philippian believers understanding their unity in Messiah and how vital unity is to the growth and health of the community. As we will see in chapter 4, the conflict between two prominent women in Philippi, Evodia and Syntyche, caused a crisis that required Paul to call the Philippians back to unity for the sake of all the believers in Philippi. So Paul here is focusing on unity in the community, focusing on how he prayed for their unity, and, and we'll see in chapter 4 that he will be confronting an issue of disunity in the community. And, uh, and he will be, and that will be in chapter 4. So here he's laying out the very beginning letter, his prayer for them, for them to be unified together as following the one God of Israel, following the path of Yeshua, our righteous Messiah. Next we come to verse 5. This is the last part of our... our uh, because you have shared in proclaiming the good news from the first day until now. When Paul first visited Philippi on his second missionary journey, which we see in Acts 16, he shared the message of the good news of the Messiah to Lydia, 
and other women who are participating in Jewish prayer on Shabbat near the river. As we, as we said in the introduction, Philippi was, was, was a city that did not have a synagogue, that did not have a large enough Jewish population to have a synagogue. But there were women who were praying at the riverside, mostly, as I said, either, either converts to Judaism or God-fearers. So Paul here, when he's visiting Philippi, this is one of the, one of the it, one of the communities they came to. But there's not an established Jewish community, so he was he was coming to to this community, which would be as I said, he's going into the European continent and coming to a more Gentile Gentile dominated community. As I said he's usually as his practice when he entered in, into a city, he would go to the synagogue first, which he in essence did that in Philippi, going to those women who were praying at the riverside. And of, of those women who, who were at the riverside, Lydia became the first believer in the Messiah, the first person with their faith trust in Yeshua in Philippi, and actually established a congregation in her home. Lydia came to believe the message of Yeshua as Messiah and became the first believer in Philippi. And then she then shared the message with the whole her whole household, became followers of Yeshua. Lydia and her family's early and enthusiastic response to the good news, setting an example for the continued growth of the Philippian community and their supportive efforts to spread the good news. From Lydia, the first believer in Philippi, the work of bringing the good news of, of Yeshua to Philippi and beyond became priority for the Philippian Messianic community. Their work of spreading the good news involved active and ongoing participation in the work of Paul which continued from his first visit to now many years later. By their example, they showed their commitment to Yeshua and followed the example of Paul extending the work of his ministry, even while he was, chains, he was in chains in Rome. So the people in Philippi came to, came to Yeshua faith and went from there to, to spread the faith of Yeshua throughout Philippi and surrounding Macedonia, they became ones who were truly emulating the Apostle Paul. The close relationship between Paul extending the work of his ministry, even while he was in chains in Rome, the close relationship between Paul and the Philippians, demonstrated in these opening greetings, is also shown in their actions of sharing the good news about Yeshua. The love that Paul has for the Philippians and the Philippians have for Paul, come from their love for Yeshua, leading them to their shared mission grounded in the good news in which they believe and proclaim. We come to verse 6, which says, And I am sure of this, that the one who began a good work among you will keep it growing until it's completed in the day of Messiah Yeshua. Paul here in verse six, attests to the faithfulness of the Philippians and shares with them that their faith, trust in Yeshua, their connection to the God of Israel continue to grow until the Messiah's return, at which time they will see the fullness of their salvation and a resurrection of eternal life in the presence of God 
and the Messiah of Israel, well, Yeshua, our righteous Messiah. Paul shares, also shares his expectancy that Yeshua will, will soon return and uses this sense of expectation as an entry-level assurance the people in Philippi, especially those like him, facing persecution for their faith. So Paul here is sharing with them that the good work to be given them by their putting their faith in Yeshua, by their coming to know the God of Israel, by entering into, into the people of God, by faith trusting Yeshua, that Paul's assuring of them that, that their connection to the God of Israel will continue to grow and it will it will come to the great ultimate day of the day of Messiah Yeshua, where they will no longer be be in this world, will be into the world to come, and they would enter into the fullness of their knowledge and connection with the God of Israel as they enter into the world to come and life eternal with Yeshua, our righteous Messiah. And Paul is giving this to them as a word of, of encouragement, knowing that they will suffer persecution and those there will even those like Paul who will have to lay down their lives for the Messiah Yeshua. But he's giving them these words now to, to encourage them that despite whatever persecution and even their own, own death for the Messiah, that there is a day coming, the day of Messiah Yeshua, where they will enter into, into the eternal reality of the Messiah of Israel, the eternal reality of life eternal, the eternal salvation, the eternal atonement the Messiah has offered, and they, they will one day enter into this as they stay faithful to the God of Israel and they continue on becoming more and more and more in the Messiah. Paul's confidence is rooted in his trust in God's faithfulness to bring redemption and his firm conviction that Yeshua is the source of that redemption. The Paul here can share with the people of Philippi is deep confidence that, that they are in union with the God of Israel by their faith trust in Yeshua and they will continue to be held in that, in that deep connection, that deep, as we earlier talked about, the grace and the shalom of God our Father and the Messiah Yeshua. The Paul here is, is, is confident that they are rooted in to their connection with the God of Israel and can be confident with that because of his confidence in the, God, in faith, the faithfulness of God. As God has been faithful to the Jewish people God is faithful to his covenant to Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. He's, he, has, he has extended that, that blessing, that connection to the God of Israel, to the nations of the world, who put their faith rest in Yeshua. And Paul here can, based on his own confidence in the redemptive work of, of God in history, from the Exodus to now in the conquering of death and sin through Messiah Yeshua, that he is confident to confer into the people of Philippi that they are they are in connection with the God of Israel, and that day of the full revelation of Messiah Yeshua and the full entering into the world to come is a reality that is yet to appear, and he can be confident of it and confer into them these words of confidence because of the history of God's faithfulness, that his faithfulness will continue throughout all eternity. The fruit of their faith in life of service 
shows they're continuing to grow and become more like the Messiah. Paul therefore was confident to assure them they're standing now and in the future is with Messiah and when he returns. So Paul here can see from their, their, their good work that began in them and they're continuing to live their lives focused on the Messiah, focused on honoring the God of Israel, focused on making Messiah known that by their example, by the fruit of their lives, Paul can say, that, say to them that, they, that he can be confident that they are continuing to grow and grow more like the Messiah, and the day of the Messiah Yeshua is coming soon, and they will enter into that, that full new life only available through the atoning work of the Messiah. That is in their connection to Messiah Yeshua, that they have hope now, despite whatever happens in this world, there will be the world to come. There will be that unending life in the presence of Messiah Yeshua, the future completion, the future day of Messiah Yeshua. The day of Messiah Yeshua, which he speaks about here, takes the day of the Lord reference to the one God of Israel in the Tanakh and demonstrates the divine nature of Yeshua. The day of the Lord and the day of Messiah Yeshua come in Paul's teaching references to the Lordship of Yeshua as the end times judge of the created order. The, fr- the phrase of the day of the Lord, which, which goes throughout the, the Tanakh is and, 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 through, and through the teachings in, in Prihadashah, here Paul is taking this, this phrase, the day of the Lord, the day of the final, final end of time, the final time of, of judgment of the world and the beginning of life eternal for those who've, who have trusted in the God of Israel. Paul here in calling it the day of Messiah Yeshua unites Yeshua in his teaching and in his understanding as one with the one God of Israel. And this here is, is showing that the end times judge is Messiah of Israel. That the day of the Lord and the day of Messiah Yeshua are one in the same. And Yeshua here is declared to be the one who will be the one to, to be the final judge, the one who will who will be at the end times judge of all the created order. And it is in his, his righteousness that they have hope to survive the, this, these, this final days and to live eternally with the God of Israel. Come to verse 7. It is right for me to think this way about you all. I should put it on the screen. Okay. It is right for me to think this way about you all, because I have you on my heart, for whether I'm in chains or defending the establishing the good news, you are all sharing with me in this privileged work. Pauler speaks of his deep affection. Paul here speaks of his deep affection with the Philippians, who have been supportive of his work and have demonstrated their faithfulness to the Messiah. His love for them is grounded in their faithfulness and love for him, expressed by them in their daily life. In this use of the work word, synchronous, for sharing, Paul here commends the Philippians for their participation in doing outreach work, 
based on his example, also given Paul was in prison, he appreciated the Philippians' continuing love and partnership as he awaits the impending capital trial before the emperor. So Paul here has shared his deep love for them, and he's, he's saying here in this verse that, that it is right for me to think of you about this way because I have you on my heart. Because of the deep love that he has for the Philippians, the deep love the Philippians have shown to him in both, in both their, their prayer support, their living out his example in Philippi, their financial support for him, for sending Epaphroditus, one of their community, to care for him in prison. There's a deep bond with him is, 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 is there. And he wants them to understand that, 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 that though he is in chains, defending and establishing the good news, you are sharing with me in this privileged work. He shares that the Philippians themselves, by their work, continuing his work, and basically being his hands and feet, working in Philippi to make Messiah known, that they are sharing with him in his work, that he is now in defending the work in prison. He is in chains for the gospel of the Messiah, that they are continuing his work by sharing in the work that, that he, has, he has given them as they are, and as in continuing his work in Philippi, though he's not physically there anymore because he's in prison in Rome. The people of Philippi are so faithful to what they learned from him and his example that they are modeling it. And Paul can have joy in that, knowing that even though he is enchained and unable to physically be a witness for the Messiah in Philippi, he has the people of Philippi doing the work for him. In verse 8, we read, God can testify how I long for all of you with the deep affection of the Messiah Yeshua. Polar calls on God as his witness to his deep love for the Philippians. This act reflects ancient custom to invoke the name of a deity to back the integrity of your words. So as it was an ancient custom to in, in validating someone's words for them to use the name of one of the gods of, of the nations. Here Paul is using that same, same custom, invoking that these this words that he's saying, using the name of Messiah Yeshua, that he's he is testifying how he loves and longs for them and his deep affection for them in Messiah Yeshua, that he he invokes the name of the Messiah to to, to verify and to to Give an imprimatur on to his deep love for them that he loves them in Messiah Yeshua, and by the Messiah, he gives them these words of love and affection and care. Paul had a deep love for the Messianic community in Philippi, as we saw in verse three above. He shared with them, "I thank my God every time I think of you. Every time the people of Philippi came to his mind, he had, he had." thankfulness to God. Whenever he thought about people of Philippi, he thought about those who were continuing his work in Philippi, he had a deep sense of love for them because they were continuing his work. As I said, they were now his hands and feet 
being the the gospel of of Yeshua, being the light of Messiah in the Philippian community and throughout Macedonia, that they are they are the ones who are continuing his work, and he has a deep love for them because though he's in chains in Rome, the work of making Messiah known in Philippi was continuing on by the faithfulness of the Philippian Messian community. His love for them was grounded in the Philippian service and sacrifice for him. Paul so identified with being in Messiah that here he can share with the Philippians that his love for them reflected the love Yeshua had for them. And through Paul, they know the love of the Messiah. Those are powerful words. Let's, let's uh, read that again. Paul so identified his being in Messiah that here he can share with the Philippians his love for them reflected the love Yeshua had for them. And through Paul, they know the love of the Messiah. So Paul here is continuing to share with the people, backing up with, with, with the love of Messiah that, that is in him and in them, and the shared love of the Messiah that, he, that they have, both, both for Paul and Paul for the people of Philippi. And it is in their connection to Yeshua the Messiah that this love is made full and complete. And Paul can share so confidently about them, about this connection to them and their love, their shared love grounded in Yeshua and their shared work in making Messiah known. And we come to verse 9. And this is my prayer that your love may more and more overflow in fullness of knowledge and depth of discernment. I'll read that again. This is my prayer that your love may more and more overflow in fullness of knowledge and depth of discernment. Paul there calls the Philippians to grow deeper in their love for one another and the love of God and his Messiah, so they will grow in discernment and knowledge of the truth, as they'll need to stand against false teaching from within and without the community. We'll see that later in, in chapter 1 and also in chapter 3, where Paul will be confronting false teachings and false teachers that they need to stand against, who could be coming to Philippi, and we're, al and we're already out in the world you know, causing difficulty for Paul and causing these difficulty for the message of the Messiah. That Paul is calling them here to understand that they need to stand strong in their faith and that their love may overflow in the full knowledge and depth of discernment, that, that their love for God will lead them to discern what is true and what is false. Paul calls for them to overflow with wisdom and discernment. They can stand against any distraction from the pagan's world including false teachers, claiming to teach new truths outside the firm foundation that Paul had laid for them. Rather than focusing on health or financial gain, as was common in pagan prayers, Paul, Paul demonstrated that his prayer for the Philippians was to grow in their knowledge of God and their daily walk serving him. Unlike what was common in pagan prayers, to pray for Pray for things, pray for, for money and, and land and, and property and, and, and uh, 
status and other such things. Paul here is focusing on, on their knowledge of God and their firm foundation of their faith in Yeshua, their firm understanding of what the good news of the Messiah is, what and that they know what is true so they can stand up which is against false falsehood. And for them to continue to live like the Messiah and to become more and more in the Messiah, they need to have that discernment that comes through prayer and from reading the scriptures and following the example of those who are who are mature in the faith, so as that they are ready when false teachings come, false teachers come, those things that challenge the very good news of the Messiah, that they will know what is true, they know what is false, and will stand up against what, what is false. And Paul is, call, is calling for them to have that discernment, have that spiritual discernment of what is true, what is false, stand for what is true, even even lay down their lives for what is true, and stand against which is false. And if that also includes suffering and death. They are, they are to stand firm in their faith. It is in Yeshua that they know life and truth. And it is through that connection to Yeshua, they need to continue to grow and grow and grow. And as, as we say, to become more and more and more in the Messiah, that being a, a Talmudian of Yeshua is not a one-time one time event of, of saying a prayer and then going on with your lives. Yeshua, in his his command to his Talmudim, in his his final words, in his, in in what is called the Great Commission, called them to make Talmudim, to make disciples. So Paul here is saying for them to continue to grow as disciples of Yeshua, not just people who 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 may have an intellectual belief in in something about the God of Israel, but that their connection to the God of Israel is more than just an intellectual affirmation of belief, but a full growing in knowledge of God and knowledge of, of what is true, the knowledge of the scriptures, the knowledge of how to, to live out the, the faith and how to live as one to stand against what is, what is wrong, stand which, which is untrue, and to be able to have the discernment to know what is true and what is false. As I said later in, in verse 1, and also in chapter three, we'll be looking at Paul confronting false teaching. And this here, he's setting them up to, to have that understanding of discernment that they will take from him and learn and stand for what is true and against what is false. In verse 10, we read, so you will be able to determine what is best and thus be pure and without blame for the day of the Messiah. This call for building discernment, which we see in verse 10, is essential to keep the Philippians on the right path without distraction as they strive for the day of Messiah and the Messianic kingdom. In, Philipp in Philippi, there are many false teachings. And then there, as I said, there are many gods of, of the Greek world, the Roman world, the Egyptians, the Thracians, the various, the various uh, demonic worship, the worship of the emperor. There are so many false teachings and false ways to go and false gods and even, even demonic worship in Philippi that the people in 
Philippi who had come to know Yeshua had left this this world, left the world of, of the false teaching, left the the worship of false gods and the emperor and the worship of demons to come to the God of Israel, to come to the one true God. And Paul is, is calling them that they, that their discernment is important for them to stay on the path, moving toward the Messiah, that though they will they continue to live in a pagan world, they are now redeemed. They're either, they're, for those who are Jewish, they're now Messianian Jews, Jews who follow the Messiah of Israel. And for the larger part of the populace who came to faith, they're now are redeemed Gentiles who came to know the God of Israel. So Paul's calling them to stand up against the false teachings that were all around them, the false belief systems, the false gods of Philippi, that they can stand blameless for the day of Messiah. That when the day of Messiah comes, they stand blameless with them, solely focused on the God of Israel, solely following the path of the Messiah of Israel, and solely following the teachings given to them by Paul, the faithful word of the good news of Messiah Yeshua. Paul urges them to, to, to choose wisely the best that God has for them, to not settle for a lesser way of living for God. So Paul wants in them calling for discernment, wants them to understand that they need to focus on what is the best thing that God has for them. To not settle for any lesser way of living, but to, to seek the best, to seek, seek out the most they can do to serve the God of Israel, that they can continue to grow in their faith, continue to become, as we, as we talk about, more and more and more in the Messiah, that, that they're, they have come to know the God of Israel by faith trust in the Messiah of Israel, they've been included in the people of God by their faith trust. And now Paul calls, calls them to build up their knowledge of God, to build up their discernment, so they can stand firm for the God of Israel and the Messiah of Israel in a world that is set against him, set against the God of Israel and focused on false teaching, false ways of worship, false gods. And this will conclude our time today with the the uh, okay with verse eleven, which reads, "Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Yeshua the Messiah, to the glory and praise of God." All their learning and communal life in Philippi should lead to righteousness and right living. It shows fruit, tangible demonstrations of the work of the Spirit of God in their lives. In Galatians 5.22a, in Galatians 5.22a, Paul gives examples of what the fruit of a righteous life should be. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. In bearing fruit with such values, Paul teaches the people of Philippi and us by example that they bring glory and praise to the God of Israel by showing these fruits, by their, the fruits of the Spirit being shown in their lives 
as we'll read again these 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 important values and fruit that shows one's one's connection and growing in to become more like the Messiah. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. So Paul here is 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 calling the people of Philippi, and that's by example, to fill our lives with the fruit of righteousness, to fill our lives with these important values of love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. To focus our attention on building up these values within us so that we can become more like the Messiah, that we that these fruit show are growing to become more and more like our righteous Messiah by demonstrating these this fruit, by the fruit of righteousness in our life shows our continuing work of becoming more and more like the Messiah, walking in this path, doing doing what he commands to do and being a light in our world. And bearing fruit with such values, Paul teaches the people of Philippi that they bring glory and praise to the God of Israel, thereby modeling the Messiah brought glory to the Father as shown in Yeshua's high priestly prayer in Yochanan 17, where he said, I glorified you on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. As Yeshua, righteous Messiah, showed his faithfulness and his desire to glorify the God of Israel, glorify the Father by his life and is soon to be at this point his sacrificial death, that all that he did in his his, his life here on earth was to bring glory to the Father. The people of Philippi are commended to, and us, by example, are also commended to focus our life on the glory of, of the Father, the glory of the one God of Israel, by living out lives based on, on showing these values, show that, that the work of our life would be to continue to grow in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and humility. That as we grow in these values, we grow more and more like the Messiah. And we too, at the end of our lives, can say, like our Messiah Yeshua, that we glorify the Father, we glorify the God of Israel on earth by finishing the work you've given us to do that our work on in this world is to become more and more like the Messiah, to make the Messiah known in our world, and to show these values of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. To show these values shows that we're growing more like the Messiah. And Paul calls the people of Philippi to take this to heart, to show fruit in their lives, which he has made abundantly clear that they are have been showing the fruit of their following the Messiah and living as, as as his hands and feet in the Messian community in Philippi and, and the adjoining Macedonia. But he calls them to, to continue to be more and more like the Messiah and to continue to do more and more work showing that they have that connection with the God of Israel by their, their continuing to build themselves up 
in the faith and in their connection to the one God of Israel and to build up these these values, these spiritual, these spiritual fruit that shows that they are truly living out their lives to become more and more like the Messiah. And that, that is that is for us too, as we look at these holy words, to seek to in our own lives to show the, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, show that we are growing more and more like our Messiah each day by living for him and seeking these values, seeking to demonstrate these values in our lives and seek to make the Messiah known in our world as we live as lights in a dark world and continue to stand as ones who are faithful to the God of Israel, who are seeking to give honor to the Messiah of Israel and to follow his example and to be empowered by the Ruach HaGadosh, the very spirit of God, to live out God's commands in our lives. As, our, as, Yeshua, as Yeshua, our righteous Messiah said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands and I will give you my spirit, the, the comforter to empower you. So in doing the works of God, in fulfilling God's commands, in, in living out a life of faithfulness to the God of Israel, living a life that is, is following God's commands, that we are, that we are, are demonstrating the observance of his mitzvot in our life, that we are continuing to, to show our love for Yeshua, our righteous Messiah, as we follow, follow God's commands, follow his, his mitzvot. And in so doing, we are empowered by God's spirit to do more, to, to grow more like the Messiah. We are as we are faithful to God and his commandments, we are empowered by God's spirit to, to do even more and more to give honor to him. So, so in observing God's mitzvot, in observing the commands that he has, he has given to us as the people of Israel, we are, are showing our love for Messiah and we're empowered to live out our lives more and more for him. So Paul here is commending the people of Philippi to grow in their faith in Messiah, to grow as ones showing the fruit of the Spirit. And for us to, looking at these words, for us to show our love for God by growing in our observance of, of his commands and, and modeling these fruits of the Spirit in our daily lives. So that will conclude our study for today. We actually went longer than usual, but uh, this was a good time to go through the section. We'll be, be uh, looking at uh, chapter 1, verses 12 through 14 tomorrow. And again, this is Letter to Philippi Live. My name is Sean Imsley. I'm the founder of letterdophilippi.org, and I'm the teacher of this class, the Letter to Philippi Live. Our daily Monday through Friday class on, on the book of Philippians as we go through uh, Paul's letter to Philippi. Uh, Monday through Friday, 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 10 p.m. Jerusalem time. And uh, if you want more information about Letter to Philippi, just go to lettertophilippi.org. There you can ask any questions. You can fill out our prayer request form. We want to be praying for you. You can purchase a copy of my Messianic commentary on Philippians that this class is based on. You can make a much-needed 
financial contribution to our work. We are we are supported solely by those who who give to our our work as we continue to to bring these daily teachings from Paul's letter to Philippi and also to develop new projects. They like said we'll be coming up with their Messian Jewish review of books, which I'll be doing both text and video reviews of books by Messian Jewish authors and also books books from the academic world that were reflective on the the Paul within Judaism and uh, other topics about that will focus on on topics in Messianic and Jewish theology. We can draw from the the great works that are being done in the academic world out the, and the, both in within both both the works in the Messianic world and also from the academic world. We'll be looking for looking at different books and how they reflect on our understanding of Messianic and Jewish theology and what we can take from them in building a Messianic Jewish theology for the future that is firmly grounded in the Torah of Israel, that respects Jewish tradition, that honors Yeshua, righteous Messiah, who is our life, and gives glory to the God of Israel, and an understanding of, of, of Messianic Jewish theology, Messianic Judaism, within Jewish community and Jewish life, and to see this for the future as we continue to build this work, this holy work of Messianic and Judaism in the 21st century, to continue the, making the name of Yeshua known within the Jewish world, within the Jewish context, and understood as the Messiah of Israel, and understood as living as faithful Jews following the God of Israel, following Yeshua, who is the righteous Messiah of Israel, and living our lives as a testimony to God's faithfulness in our world. So that will conclude our time together. Thank you, everyone, who watched, and those who will be watching on the, the video replay. Again, if you want more information on Letter to Philippi, go to lettertophilippi.org, and uh, you can find any information you want. As I said, you can leave a prayer request. You can ask any questions. You can make a contribution. You can purchase my book. You can read on our various mission statement and other statement of our beliefs. And as I said, we'll be we'll be starting up our uh, Missing Jewish Review of Books in the next week or so. So you'll, those will also be posted online. So that will conclude our time today. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow at 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 10 p.m. Jerusalem time. And this is Letter to Philippi Live, initiative of lettertophilippi.org, new Messianic Jewish theological and teaching organization. Thank you for watching. Have a blessed day and uh, see you tomorrow as we'll be looking at the section I entitled Paul in Chains and the Spread of the Gospel from chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. So, shalom, blessings, have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow.